just like we should all be washing our hands for 20 seconds, not touching our faces, um, being really mindful of social distancing. It's also really important to keep all of your operating systems, your software, um, as up to date as you possibly can. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. And especially during this time with a COVID-19 pandemic, we want to make sure that we are getting all the resources we have to you so we can help your organization get through this pandemic stronger and in a better position for success once we do get on the other side of this. So, you know, we've been talking about how the how the economy looks, how do we navigate through uh, in the financial sector with um, our companies, how do we, uh, you know, even just lead and lead ourselves as before we even lead our team have been some of the topics we've discussed, but we haven't talked about cybersecurity. You know, it's something that it's impacting us all the time, especially now when we have more and more people working from home, which means higher internet demand, which means, you know, having to connect to work servers from unsecured locations. And so we're going to talk about that. How can we as organizational leaders create a cybersecurity system or procedures that's going to keep not only our assets within the company safe, but it's also going to keep our finances, it's going to keep our employees safe. So today I am joined by Nolan Taylor, Assistant Professor of Information Systems, and Scott Shackelford, Associate Professor of Business Law and Ethics, and also the Cybersecurity Program Chair. Gentlemen, just want to welcome you to the ROI Podcast. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. Thanks, Matt. All right, so we are talking about um, cybersecurity, and we're talking about you know how this pandemic is starting to impact businesses um, be, that are maybe really starting to show some of their uh, security weaknesses. So, what are you guys seeing um, as industry experts in the midst of this pandemic? And Scott, I'd like to kick it off with you. Unfortunately, cyber attacks really are unrelenting, even in a global pandemic. Right? You'd like to think we could get a bit of a breather right now. Um, but unfortunately, no, that neither, neither criminals nor some nation states have gotten that message, unfortunately. Um, so particularly right now with so much of our you know, professional and personal lives being conducted online, frankly, it's more important than ever, not only to practice good you know, public hygiene, uh, but also good cyber hygiene, right? Um, so we can get into some of the things that, that we can do to make sure that we're not only going to fall victim to this, uh, to this virus, but also to the wide variety of computer viruses that are still unfortunately circulating and different scams as well and misinformation that's going around about it. Nolan, I want to bring you in and, and talk about, you know, within organizations, what are organizations starting to experience that might be causing um, some hiccups uh, within this, you know, telecommuting trend that we're seeing? A lot of the employees who are currently working at home really don't have any experience in that. And so just the whole idea of having your home set up, you have to uh, understand the proper interactions with tech support. And so cyber criminals would take advantage of that, the idea that maybe tech support would ask for your password over the phone or via email, uh, maybe something that's completely foreign to them. Uh, the other aspect of working at home uh, and that new aspect is that 
some people may not really be used to just the whole barrage of emails. Um, and I, I've actually had issues with that myself. It's just so much. And when you have this heavy volume, it's hard to really pay attention and give things the proper examination and probably increases the chances or the risk of actually becoming a victim. Now, Scott, I will, you know, obviously we are in a time of unprecedented, I'm sure, internet volumes uh, from, uh, you know, maybe the private sector. And I mean, you know, like housing additions and uh, people at home. I mean, we're kind of all spaced out um, within our various communities and coming from a million different connections. You know, so what cyber risks are we currently seeing um, that threaten um, our business day to day? There's a wide array, you know, of issues to be aware of. And, and not all these risks, of course, are, you know, nefarious. Some are just because of this, as you kind of alluded to there, unprecedented load that we're putting on some of these systems, um, just like on some of our hospitals, right? They just weren't designed for such a uh, for such a rainy day, unfortunately, right now. Luckily, though, there is a fair amount of built capacity that we're able to draw from. So even though even institutions like IU have added to kind of quickly add capacity to make sure that the likes of, you know, Canvas uh, doesn't go down. Um, it is possible, right? So there's, there's a pretty big and, 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 and uh, you know, robust skeleton that we can build from there. Um, but unfortunately, not only is there kind of capacity issues that we have to be aware of, but also different organizations, whether it's, you know, criminal organizations, um, you know, foreign nation states, activist groups that are taking advantage of the situation, both to spread ins- uh, misinformation that could be for, you know, uh, political ends, it could be for uh, economic gains. There's a lot of different motivations. Uh, you know, but also, you know, a, a wide array of just uh, ploys to kind of get people while they're vulnerable, right? That could be scams uh, to maybe have, uh, you know, pay X amount and get a, you know, breathing mask or whatever it might be. And you're believe before you know it, you're, you're out, right? That amount of money. Um, or it could be all the way up to, you know, hospitals that are still victims of ransomware in the midst of this uh, pandemic. So to make sure that you don't fall victim, you know, to any of those different employees, it's really important now more than ever to just make sure that we have those basic steps down, right? Just like we should all be washing our hands for 20 seconds, not touching our faces, um, being really mindful of social distancing. It's also really important to keep all of your operating systems, your software um, as up to date as you possibly can, right? Including enabling automatic updates to use strong and unique passwords, right? Maybe even a password manager to make sure you're not logging on to your social networks in the same way that you're logging on to, for example, the business networks you might be relying on more than ever right now, right? Uh, You can fall victim to various scams that way. Make sure to use multi-factor authentication, right? Um, Ideally, the more factors, the better. Even going beyond um, two factors, a great idea right now. Um, Encrypting your information, making sure it's backed up, right? Uh, ideally on-site and in the cloud. That's really, really vital. And especially right now, we're not going around in very many public places, but to the extent that you're relying on untrusted networks or networks that you don't have secure access to, make sure to enable, you know, these virtual private networks, these VPNs. Um, You can use private browsers that can be really, really helpful to make sure that you're at least less likely to fall victim to these types of scams. 
Nolan, I want to kick it over to you and then Scott, have you uh, jump in on this question. But for a lot of these organizational leaders who may not be very strong in the tech sector, I mean, obviously they may have uh, a whole department dedicated to uh, maintaining an infrastructure within their organization. What can these business leaders start thinking about uh, to help them make sure that they're starting to at least have the right mindset, even though they may not know exactly the, the right language to use or maybe have the exact technical know-how or know what systems to implement, at least getting them in the right mindset to start overcoming some of these issues? So a lot of the things that we're going through now, uh, the response actually is very similar to uh, pre-COVID-19. Um, as Scott mentioned, a lot of the safe practices, um, those things will still uh, be valid. Uh, the other thing to think about is just that risk. Um, we need to think about what the risk is first before we make our response. Uh, and so a lot of this is just really paying attention to the environment, um, knowing the fact that there is a stimulus bill that's been passed, uh, knowing that voting may be changed in your area, uh, just to have an awareness of these things that are going on that could potentially be launch pads basically for these types of attacks. Scott, I'd love to kick it over to you and see um, what other things that as an organizational leader they can you know, start thinking about or maybe even start directing some of their um, tech teams to start looking into. There's a whole suite of different ideas for how you mitigate risk right now. Um, and you know, some of them, as, as, as we've been talking about, are things that have been being batted around for a while. Um, like insurance, for example, uh, double checking your insurance policies, including if you have a dedicated one for cyber risks to see kind of what types of incidents are covered, um, even whether or not, uh, you know, there are exclusions, like for example, sometimes there's exclusions for cyber war or terrorism. And if it really is a nation state uh, that's responsible for an attack on your organization, well, we've already had some litigation involving um, some companies that have been uh, insurance companies that are trying to say, oh, well, we, we don't have to pay up because this is excluded, right? This is an act of cyber terrorism from a nation state or from a different group. So you, what used to be these relatively kind of academic debates about what constitutes an act of cyber war or not, that's quickly having pretty operational significance here. Um, it's also important to be mindful of how various you know, jurisdictions around the world are combating this global pandemic and what, you know, what safeguards and what resources they're giving to companies. And that includes, you know, the EU, which has been the source of a lot of innovation when it comes to cybersecurity risk management and privacy as well over the last five years in particular with the rollout of GDPR. And, you know, there's various EU member states now that have come forward with various schemes to rely, uh, to, to relieve some of the pressure on businesses given what's going on. Uh, but at the same time, we have some countries like, you know, France that in some ways are ratcheting up pressure with the extension of a new strict liability law for internet connected devices, right? So I think it's just important to be mindful of that more global landscape, which is really tough right now, given just the deluge of information that we're all facing, right? But, you know, keeping the 30,000 foot level in mind, um, remembering these kind of core tools, uh, insurance and otherwise to help kind of mitigate that threat you know, relying on your information sharing networks, including the ISACs can be really, really helpful. Um, and remember that at the end of the day, we're all in this together, right? So to reach out, uh, we in academia, for example, are happy to help. For example, we have this IU cybersecurity clinic uh, that just launched uh, this, this January with, with funding from the Hewlett Foundation uh, and the Indiana Economic Development Corporation to help out uh, businesses in exactly the situations that they might find themselves in right now, right? 
Um, so for example, we have clients, uh, including a local government, um, a nonprofit right now, even the Secretary of State's Office for Indiana, we're doing some election security work with them and incident response planning. So yeah, if you are an organization, uh, county government, school corporations, whatever, that are facing some of these issues and would just like some guidance and some help, definitely encourage you to reach out. You can check out cybersecurity.iu.edu uh, for some more information on those resources uh, for the clinic and also more broadly what cybersecurity at IU has to offer. And be sure to check out the show notes because we will include all the links and a couple other resources that Scott um, and Nolan have shared with us. So uh, that will be your one-stop shop. Now, Nolan, I know you and I were talking about this before the podcast recording, um, and I think you guys were starting to bring it up early on is phishing emails. You know, there are, I'm sure, a lot of new schemes that have been coming out, um, especially in the wake of a pandemic, trying to mask themselves as nonprofits, trying to mask themselves, like you guys were saying, a way to, you know, get get masks and, and money for masks. And you think, you know, you're paying someone who's legit, but really, you know, you're, you're paying a scammer. So what kind of um, phishing schemes are you beginning to see? Um, and how is that increasing during this time? But definitely the number has increased. Um, some of the training organizations, uh, security awareness organizations have basically plotted the, the growth of these and they describe it as basically being exponential. And so certainly if you get an email, um, one thing you can do is go back to the original source rather than clicking on the links. Uh, but these uh, people should be aware that these are not always easy to spot. They're based on templates and the layout, color, so forth is exactly like the organization that they're mimicking. Um, so looks alone typically aren't enough to be able to determine whether it's a legitimate email or not. Yeah, there, there's, there's a huge range, right? Um, and, you know, typically when you get a, a new spreadsheet um, or something that looks like it's coming from your boss and it's, you know, 4.30 on a Friday, you might just walk down the hall, you know, and ask her, you know, or him about it. That's a little tougher to do now, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think it's important to still be mindful, take that affirmative step to double check, you know, before you open something or before you take some action, like initiate a wire transfer or something like that, right? Um, uh, because, you know, even if that's just picking up the phone, uh, because it's, it's, it's with us being so distracted, it's a lot easy, more easier than usual to let some of that, some of those best practices fall by the wayside. Um, but it's really important that we don't, right? It's getting more challenging even now with these deep fakes, uh, you know, powered by AI. So, you know, you can get, for example, um, videos or even now these days, some calls that makes it really sound like you're hearing from somebody uh, that might be, you know, somebody you trust, maybe the CEO of a company even, where there's a lot of information available in the public domain where you can craft this tailored message, right? And, you know, if you don't take that affirmative step and double check, you might be pretty well inclined um, to, do what, to do what's requested. So um, still, the, the long story short, when in doubt, don't and, uh, and always double check. So let's get into uh, some tips, you know, as we are seeing a lot of people working from a home, some tips of working remotely, uh, you know, maybe how to get some better efficiencies from your home network. And um, uh, Nolan, love to start with you. You know, what can people, not just organizational leaders, but uh, those who are forced to work at home, um, what are some steps they can do to create a more efficient uh, online environment to be able to work efficiently? So 
I have had the challenge of rearranging a room to actually accommodate that. Um, we Security certainly is important, but just overall health as well. And so that idea of making sure that your workplace is officially arranged, that you have that separation of work and non-work life um, for the psychological uh, aspects of it as well. Um, so uh, in my particular case, I have a laptop that I've brought from home. So it has the uh, particular software that I need. In other cases, you'll need to install it. So we talked about having a VPN. Uh, and a VPN is basically software that allows you to make a secure connection back to your company such that you can pass information back and forth and reduce the chances of it being intercepted. Um, your router, um, its settings, hopefully you're not just using an open network, that you're actually using passwords, um, long passwords, and not reuse passwords as well. Uh, and then, you know, if you're at your desk all the time, it's probably important to take habits or implement habits that will keep you being able to work for long periods of time. Uh, I force myself to get up, you know, whether I want to or not. Um, and this may go on for quite some time. So we need to have some type of processes so that we can go through it uh, for this duration. And Scott, are there any, uh, you know, resources available to uh, like programs or um, just any sort of tips you may offer from the tech side uh, to help business leaders and employees uh, gain the most and feel confident, you know, scrolling the web and accessing files from work? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in, in an ideal world, you know, we'd have separate computers and separate networks uh, just for the stuff we have to do professionally, right? Uh, a lot of us aren't set up that way. Frankly, it's a bit of a pain. Uh, so as a result, we have to kind of mix, right? Um, uh, and as we're doing that, it's important to take the steps um, for sure that Nolan already mentioned, uh, uh, including, you know, doing some really basic stuff like making sure that you um, aren't reusing, as we said, reusing those passwords. You can encrypt your information. Uh, make sure you go to HTTPS sites, right? just take those basic steps let the fbi know frankly even the indianapolis field office for example if you do come across scams related to oh you know the irs just emailed me they just want this information so they can give me my stimulus check they're not going to do that <laughs> don't respond to it right um oh if you just you know click here there's a dozen free masks and like don't don't do any of that stuff um there are lots of different resources available to help guide people um if they'd like to learn more um about this so you know, IU, that cybersecurity.iu site is a great resource. Um, uh, IU is also the home of the REN ISAC, which is the Information Sharing and Analysis Center for Higher Education. And they have a ton of resources on what to do about all this stuff. You name it from Zoom bombing, you know, all the way down to, um, you know, what to do if your organization is hit with ransomware. I actually just wrote, to, I wrote a, an essay just last week on that latter topic. Uh, with some lessons from hostage negotiations for police departments and how that can sometimes be helpful in dealing with certain ransomware demands. Um, and also, Educase is another group that's kind of affiliated with IU, which also has a lot of different resources available, um, which will be in the show notes, it sounds like. And I'd, I'd encourage you guys to, uh, to check some of those out as well. 
And finally, what are you guys hearing from a faculty level, you know, as you guys are interacting with organizations? Are there common questions or um, a common theme that people are asking you in this time that you, you would love to address now? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say, you know, just um, there, I think I've been really proactive and giving lots of useful guidance. It's a very large organization, right? And just like a lot of big multinationals are very large organizations with people at you know, varying levels of comfort and expertise with navigating a lot of these issues. So I think, you know, just being sure to, um, you know, be flexible with people, but also ensuring that they are aware of the basics and you know, holding people accountable, making as much of the security as automatic and working in the background as possible, you know, is really important. Um, in, incentivizing and encouraging people who do take this stuff seriously and, and showing them that it's actually quite valued what they're doing whether it's simple stuff like making sure to use trusted sources of information or VPNs, as Nolan was talking about, um, uh, you know, not revealing their information, making sure they change passwords regularly, use VPNs, um, all that stuff that used to be just kind of, all right, yeah, we should be doing that. Um, it really, frankly, it, it's, it's more vital now than ever. Um, so I, I think it's just very, very helpful um, for organizations to be as proactive as they can and to uh, just remember that, hey, you know, not only are we all in this together physically, uh, in the real world, we, we see the benefits of collective action there, but also now online with this hyper-connected digital ecosystem that we are relying on now more than ever. Nolan, is there anything else that you want to add? I've done a little work with a few nonprofits, and some of them really weren't prepared for this. And so once we get through this, you know, possibly one thing they will do is add some type of simulations or practice exercises to make sure they are prepared for it. But in terms of actually connecting their employees, there are a lot of free resources. Uh, if they need to do uh, telecoms, uh, they can sign up for, uh, I think it's called freeconferencecall.com, but a lot of different sources like that. Uh, we've also found that a lot of these things, because people are, have the same idea, if you start on the hour, you may have problems with connectivity. So setting these meetings up to be maybe half pass or quarter till might actually be beneficial. So uh, take advantage of all the information sources, take advantage of the free resources of people who are willing to try to help you through this uh, are important steps. Once we get through this, because eventually we are going to get through this, things are going to, for the most part, we hope be back to normal. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of disruption still or a lot of, you know, great breakthroughs we see because of everyone being forced to work at home and uh, seeing weaknesses within cybersecurity systems. You know, so once this is all over, will we see a major impact or a big difference uh, within the cyber world? Let me get at this really opaque crystal ball. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think on the one hand, this just kind of shows um, that these trend lines that we've been seeing for some time now of relying on cyberspace more and more um, for both personal and professional development, um, it, this really does crystallize that. And it shows that we've reached a level of maturity that I think a lot of us weren't aware could even happen. But, you know, at, at the same time, I think we're already seeing some pushback um, to moving so much of our lives virtually. Um, I think, you know, whether it's just cabin fever or just recognizing the fact that, you know what, we're, we're social animals and you can get to an, so you can get a lot of that through online interaction, but certainly not all of it. So I think when all of this is said and done, whenever that might be, 
um, yes, we're going to be more comfortable maybe than we'd like to be uh, with all of these different online tools. And hopefully we can utilize them in a safe way. But at the same time, you know, uh, you know William Gibson is the one, he's a, is a sci-fi author who coined the term cyberspace, you know, back in the 80s. And he described it then as a, a consensual hallucination. And I think a lot of us are going to be waking up <laughs> from that hallucination and ready to get outside and, uh, and socialize in person. I was thinking something along those same lines. Uh, it'll be difficult to tell when this is actually over. And so people may think it's over and prematurely let their guard down. Um, just like the virus itself, I believe we'll have similar type lapses in uh, the cyber mindset. I want to thank you guys for being our guest here on the ROI podcast. Again, it's Nolan Taylor, Assistant Professor of Information Systems here at Kelly, along with Scott Shackelford, Associate Professor of Business Law and Ethics, and he's also the Cybersecurity Program Chair. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.